into the breaking news of the afternoon. As Danny just mentioned in the news, we are standing by awaiting the Middlesex London Health Unit. They're set to hold a news conference regarding a youth who has been diagnosed, we hear, with a severe respiratory illness that health officials there say is linked to vaping. Now, a few details have been shared about the illness, but a release from the Middlesex London Health Unit says that the youth, quote, has been diagnosed with severe respiratory illness that has been linked to the individual's use of vaping products. Now, it was uh, just a few weeks ago, nearly two weeks ago, that Health Canada issued a warning to Canadians that vaping products can carry a risk of pulmonary illness. Health Canada has also previously stated that there had been no known vaping-related illness reported in this country. And as we stand by awaiting that uh, press conference, uh, let's uh, welcome in an expert on this, Christina Sperling. She is a senior director of programs and services at the Ontario Lung Association, and she joins us here on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Christina, nice to have you back on the show, and uh, thanks for coming on on a short notice. I appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me. Well, just first of all, uh, can you uh, give us uh, your reaction, the Lung Association's reaction to uh, this press conference that's about to happen uh, down the highway in London, that uh, it looks like we indeed have our first vaping-related illness? Mm -hmm. Well, obviously, we're not happy to hear that we have something that's been reported in Canada, but we did know that it was a matter of time. Um, I'm interested to see what they're going to say in the press release. I don't have any information further than you guys do. So, um, yeah, I'm interested to see what what they're going to say. Do you have a feeling, do you have a fear that this is maybe just the tip of the iceberg? Uh, Last time we had you on, uh, we were talking about the uh, seven uh, reported deaths from vaping, uh, vaping vaping-related illness uh, in the U.S., Oh, absolutely. It's just the tip of the iceberg. Um, as I said, you know, we were just waiting for it to come out in Canada. Um, I think now that this first one has now been released, I think we're going to start to hear a lot more uh, about this All in right. Canada. And is this uh, obviously uh, going to be a heads up uh, for a lot of people, uh, parents, uh, health officials uh, here in this uh, country? I hope it's a wake-up call for everybody. I mean, we've been trying to really put the word out there that people need to educate themselves and understand that there are going to be risks associated with anything that you inhale that's heated. Um, So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see um, what they say with the report today. Yeah, when you talk about a wake-up call, Christina, is it the fact that uh, maybe a lot of people associate vaping with a respirator, something maybe you put in your room when you're not feeling well uh, at night, uh, when you've got congestion, and it's uh, something that's supposed to help you uh, breathe and does that mitigate the effects do you think for a lot of folks when it comes to uh, vaping um, I haven't heard that people associate it that way. I do. I have heard, though, that um, young adults um, and teenagers do think that it's actually a healthier form of, of um, like, smoking, um, and they don't think that there's actually any effects to it, to their to their health, which is not true, because anytime you inhale anything, substances that are heated, they are going to cause damage to your lung tissue. Yeah, what are exactly the effects of uh, vaping? I mean, I know it's in its infancy in a lot of ways, and there's probably still a lot of research that needs to and uh, has to be done here, but is it similar to smoking, but instead of maybe uh, tobacco or or nicotine, uh, as you mentioned, you're still inhaling, uh, you know, uh, smoke, uh, if you will, into your lungs? Yeah, 
so with um, e-cigarettes, the the substance that gets put, that you're inhaling is a liquid uh, substance to begin with, and then that's what makes the big the that big cloud that occurs. Um, I think a couple of things that are really of concern with vaping is number one, it's not like a cigarette where you have one and then you're done, you go inside or whatnot. You can continuously just keep doing this, right? Because it's ongoing. Uh, the other piece is those cartridges that hold uh, the nicotine or whatever substances um, can be at a higher concentration than you would see in an actual cigarette. So I think people are actually getting a lot more nicotine and a lot more substance than they think they are um, through vaping as opposed to a cigarette. That's really interesting. I've never thought of it that way, but you're right. Uh, Vaping and cigarettes, it's so different because you can say to yourself maybe at the end of the night, my goodness, I've smoked half a pack or maybe even an entire pack of cigarettes where vaping, it's just a completely different setup. Exactly, right? You don't even think about it. It's just an ongoing thing. And uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to quantify the way you would with a pack of cigarettes. Yeah, uh, government response uh, to this, as we mentioned, a lot of this is still in its infancy, but uh, is uh, Health Ontario, is the Ontario government, is the federal government, uh, are they doing enough in your estimation when it comes to vaping? Well, today the the Ontario government um, uh, released a report saying that they're going to be getting uh, information from all of the hospitals across Ontario so that they can learn more about what's going on. All right, Christina, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Can you just hang on the line for us a quick second? We want to go uh, to take you to London right now. The Middlesex London Health Unit, that press conference is just starting. Let's listen in. From Linda Stobo, who is the manager of chronic disease and tobacco control here at the health unit. Our agenda for this afternoon, Dr. Mackey will speak, followed by Ms. Stobo, and then Dr. Mackey will conclude. There will be an opportunity for questions from the media at the conclusion of today's announcement, and we do ask that you please hold your questions and comments until the end of today's announcement. Dr. Mackey. Thank you, Dan, and thank you all for coming today. Uh, Late last week, The Middlesex London Health Unit was notified by the Office of the Chief Medical Officer of Health of Ontario of a case of severe pulmonary illness. Uh, This case was in a high school aged youth and the individual had no other health issues whatsoever. Uh, We were able this week in partnership with the Office of the CMOH to confirm that the case is meeting the national working case definition of severe pulmonary illness associated with vaping. The individual is a high school aged youth. Uh, They had quite a severe illness course, including uh, ICU life support. Uh, The individual recovered uh, and is now uh, at home. This case was carefully investigated by our local physicians and there was no other cause, uh, no infectious cause, no, uh, no hint of any neoplasm cancer, uh, no other immune-related issues. Uh, the only issue that was identified was that the individual vaped e-cigarettes. I think it's important to give credit to the local physician who, uh, who reported this case through the Canada Cons- Product Safety Act system. Uh, This is somebody who went above and beyond their medical duty and uh, provided information that was crucial to understanding the public health risks of e-cigarettes. It's important to point out that there are limitations to the science here. Uh, Most, many of the chemicals used in e-cigarettes 
have not been tested for their health impacts. There's an unknown cause. We have seen uh, hundreds of cases in the U.S. and some deaths associated with e-cigarettes, but it's not known how e-cigarettes are causing these health concerns. Uh, the case definitions are still working case definitions, so they're not confirmed nationally by experts. All of that means that there is no smoking gun and no way to say for sure that any individual case of pulmonary illness is caused by vaping. That said, I want to be clear that in this situation, there was no other potential cause identified other than uh, vaping in this high school-aged youth. I'm going to turn it over to Linda to speak a bit about what we are seeing in our community right now with respect to vaping. Thank you, Dr. Mackey. So in Ontario, the sale, supply, promotion, advertising, and use of vapor products is regulated by the Provincial Smoke-Free Ontario Act 2017. It is illegal to sell or supply a vapor product, which includes the devices, the e-substances, the pods, cartridges, coils, to any person under the age of 19. And the use of e-cigarettes is prohibited in all places where smoking tobacco is already prohibited provincially, all in an effort to protect people from exposure to vapor and to role model a vapor-free and a smoke-free lifestyle. Unfortunately, despite these important and necessary health protective measures, the use of these products is escalating, especially by high school-aged youth, which is a major concern for us. Electronic nicotine delivery devices that evade smoking restrictions are being put out into the marketplace with sleek design features that are appealing to youth. They come in different shapes, sizes, colors, and flavors that allow for customization with the device configuration, and they're using technology to appeal to the young people with recharging capabilities using computers and phone chargers. Vapor products that are available both online and at retail deliver higher concentrations of nicotine per puff than older models of e-cigarettes that we had seen in the marketplace back around since 2010. And they're higher concentrations of nicotine than traditional tobacco cigarettes. Locally, these products are available and being promoted at almost every gas station and convenience store with devices ranging from $20 to $200 with the replacement pods starting at about $9. Locally, our health unit's enforcement officers have seen electronic screen ads, lit display cases, 3D models of vapor products, signs affixed to gas pumps, and a seven-foot-tall stand-up display, just to name a few. And we're seeing these in display across our Middlesex London area at gas stations and convenience stores where young people tend to hang out and congregate. The materials use slogans like bold and stylish, genius, experience the breakthrough, make the switch, and you've got to try it, which are attractive and enticing to young people, perpetuating industry messaging that these products are safe to use without risk. The use of vaping products on school property has become a substantial problem for both our elementary and our secondary school staff. We've been working really closely with our local educational partners to try to work with them to address the increased use of vaping products and to support them in their efforts to ensure compliance with the Smoke-Free Ontario Act 2017. 
which prohibits the smoking and vaping on school property and within 20 meters from school property. Sadly, what we are seeing is that vapor products are not just being used outside on school property, but it's happening inside school classrooms, washrooms, and on school buses. Since October 17, 2018, when vaping became illegal on school property, uh, within Middlesex London alone, we have laid 16 charges and 238 warnings, with the majority being related to vaping inside schools and a few more warnings being issued um, because we have friends that are sharing vaping products on school property um, because it is illegal to sell or supply a vaping product to a person under the age of 19. Our enforcement, our enforcement officers' observations, they're consistent with a study of Canadian youth aged 16 to 19, which was led by the University of Waterloo's professor David Hammond. And what he found was that, and his team found that vaping among Canadian youth aged 16 to 19 had increased by 74% between 2017 and 2018. Additionally concerning is that the study also found an increase in current smoking among youth aged 16 to 19 from 10.7% to 15.5%, a 45% increase all in one year. Prior surveys up to and including 2007 had showed declines in youth smoking rates. And so what's concerning is that these study findings are consistent with the evidence that the use of vapor products by youth increases the risk of initiating combustible tobacco cigarette smoking over time. So a really important message for you to share with young people in your lives is that if they don't smoke, they really shouldn't vape. So the role of local public health in this situation is, is twofold. Uh, first of all, uh, local public health is part of the system that remains vigilant to identify health risks. All right, let's uh, break back in. You've been uh, listening to a live coverage here in Global News Radio AM 640 of the London Middlesex Health Unit holding a press conference in which they just detailed uh, for us the uh, first known case of pulmonary illness due to vaping. They said it is a, a student who is of high school age and that the case meets the definition of severe pulmonary illness. This individual has been treated and is a back at home. They say that this case was fully investigated and the only, the only issue was that of vaping e-cigarettes that uh, led to this uh, diagnosis. Let's uh, welcome uh, back in, if we uh, could. She's been good enough to stay in line, Christina Sperling with the Ontario Lung Association. And uh, Christina, anything there uh, really stand out uh, for you from that uh, press conference? Uh, for me, it was just the, the number near the end there that they've seen between 2017 and 2018, a 74% increase in vaping among uh, high school-age students. Mm -hmm. That's really uh, alarming. Uh, we had been making really great strides with uh, youth smoking rates, um, as she mentioned, before 2017. Um, but yeah, we've definitely seen a jump, which is really scary. Also, what stood out uh, for me was the fact that the London Middlesex Health Unit mentioned that there's been 16 charges and hundreds of uh, warnings, particularly, and this hadn't occurred to me, but uh, those maybe that are of age to vape, uh, sharing uh, their vapes and vaping tools with others who might not be old enough. 
Mm-hmm. I think uh, people think because it doesn't smell in a bad way that they can probably get away with doing it in the bathroom. Or I, th- I think she also mentioned school buses. Um, so I-, I was actually shocked to hear that, that been, there had been that many warnings and that many charges. For sure. Just uh, finally, I know you're not a doctor, but this uh, definition of severe pulmonary illness for this uh, high school-aged uh, student, uh, are there any possible permanent uh, effects uh, from this? Oh, absolutely. Um, I am a respiratory therapist by background, so I do have a bit of a healthcare uh, background. Um, But yeah, no, anytime you have any damage to your lungs, um, some damage cannot be, you can't reverse it. So something like COPD from smoking, um, once once you damage your lungs, you can't actually get that back. All right. So uh, somebody uh, this young, uh, obviously they've got youth uh, on their side, but they've also got their whole lives in front of them. I mean, are we talking about difficulty maybe playing sports moving forward for them? I mean, I guess it depends on how much they're smoking and what kind of, what, how they're affected by it. But even for youth, I mean, their brain is still de- developing as well. Um, so when they take on these things when they're really young, that can also affect your brain, your brain development. Um, and studies have actually shown as well that um, youth that start vaping at a younger age are more prone to taking on uh, smoking tobacco uh, later on as well. All right, Christina, thank you for your expertise. And again, thanks for coming on uh, last minute. Really appreciate you joining the conversation. Anytime. Thank you.